Hey Rev Fam, Brian East here, and I just got the awesome opportunity to interview Ryan George. He wrote a book called Scared to Life, and y'all, this is fantastic, and so excited about this conversation, and I'm excited to share this podcast interview with you. You just have to hear it. It's, it's going to challenge your heart to be more adventuresome in your faith and to connect with God outdoors and in movement. And it's so, so on brand for Revelation Wellness, and I love it. So if you're wanting to get out of your comfort zone, wanting to live a more adventurous, abundant life in Christ, keep listening. Hope you enjoy. Peace. Hey, Revelation Wellness community, you just heard from Brian East, one of our amazing guest hosts who is helping us out on the podcast while Elisa is on sabbatical. This episode is a fun one for all of you who love adventure as it speaks to the adventurous heart that God placed in us. And if you are someone who likes adventure and is ready to come on an adventure with Revelation Wellness, then we have some exciting news for you. Today, we are launching signups for our 2023 Rim to Rim Adventure and our Rev Wild Adventure Hikes. Whether you're ready to hike the Grand Canyon with our trained shepherds or hike with us in a more moderate trail in one of our Rev Wild Adventure Hikes, you will love coming to the outdoors to get closer to God in one of these outdoor adventures. These hikes are some of our favorite adventures here at Rev, and we would love to guide you through one of them in 2023. All of the details about all of these hikes are in the show notes. You can swipe up to get registered and hit the trail with us on an adventure. Thanks again for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Peace. Well, hello, Revelation Wellness community. Brian East here, filling in for Elisa Keaton, and have a special guest today that we're going to be uh, talking with, Ryan George. And uh, he is an author of three books, most recently, Scared to Life. <laughs> and... Uh, he is a, a hiker and a paraglider and an adventurer, and uh, that's some of what we're going to talk about. Uh, he's been to all, check this out, guys, all seven continents, the North Pole and the South Pole. So I uh, can't wait to learn more about it. And I guess you live with your family in the Blue Ridge Mountains, yes? Yes, sir. All right. Well, welcome, Ryan. Hey, it's good and to be here. Thank you. Very good, very good. Well, tell us about yourself. Tell us about this this book. That is definitely a hook of a title. And <laughs> and you know what what's behind the book? Why did you write it? Yeah. So what I found in my travels around the globe, um, and particularly in the adrenaline rushes, you know, I go out on the wings of airplanes while they're doing aerobatic maneuvers. I jump off of buildings, bridges, mountains, whatever. Uh, I've surfed in the Arctic Circle. I mm. dug dug out a snow camp in Antarctica and slept in the snow, um, and and a lot of things that aren't quite to that level in between, right? Um, but as I've gone on these adventures, I found that 
when I am uncomfortable, when I am scared, when I am doubtful, that I find more of the heart of Jesus than when I'm not, right? Mm. And so it makes sense, you know, in Romans, it says the just shall live by faith. Well, you can't have faith unless you have a l- at least a little bit of fear and a little bit of doubt or both. And so, <laughs> so many times in church setting, uh, we're trying to be more comfortable and we're trying to have things as steady and as um, safe as possible. But what I found is that in the hardest moments of my life is where I've drawn closest to my father. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to tell stories about what I've learned on all those continents and all those trips and those weird moments where it's not normal to walk into a Christian bookstore and see a story about what bungee jumping taught you about how to do small groups. Right. Like, <laughs> and I figure I just, I had an interesting story. I go to a very interesting church. So my pastors are all grand adventures. One flies experimental aircraft. One used to race motorcycles and is a wilderness guide. One used to be an ice climber and whitewater kayaker. One of my mentors is a whitewater guy. We just adventure is built into the fabric of our church Wow, and used into our faith. And as I talk to more people in my travels, friends, family, whatever, like, that's not normal. You should write no. a book about that. <laughs> so that's what I did. <laughs> well, there you go. The, there's a line in the book, and I, I got to rope down and read it, um, addressing the suspicion that there's more to the Christian life than is being experienced today. Um, can you talk around that? I'm curious to hear your thoughts about that. I mean, you mentioned kind of the Christian bookstore, but, you know, what... <laughs> what there's more to the Christian life. Like, you know, what, what, you know, you're talking about the, the, um, the adrenaline junkie stuff and what you're learning, but what, what is the kind of the average Christian life missing in that sense? It's funny. So one of my buddies gave his life to Christ and I got the pleasure of baptizing, baptizing him several years ago. Awesome. And he come out of Harley culture and a lot of outdoor stuff. And he told us, he said, I didn't know that being a Christian and being a cool dude was possible. Like I thought those are mutually exclusive because in his church experience and in the church I grew up in as well as very old school church, mm-hmm. like safety and comfort were, you know, there were high values. Like how many times have you heard a pastor or a teacher or someone in your faith pray for safety and then go to the Bible and see how many times that Jesus prayed that he just, he didn't. And right. he knew he over and over again, they, I have not gone through encounter myself. People say there's 300 and some iterations of don't fear, fear not, or do not be afraid in the Bible. And what I tell people is those are in there, not because we're not supposed to be afraid, but because in those moments, that was the appropriate human reaction that God had to be like, yes, that is what you're feeling right now, but here's why you don't need to stay in that place. That's good. And so I think a lot of people, they come to church hoping to feel better about themselves or their community or to get a little bit better at their anger problem or their finances or their whatever their addiction right. is. And, and Jesus is like, no, no, no. I came to give you a whole new life. I didn't come to improve your life. I came here to take you from death to life. Mm-hmm. And so the places where I felt most alive, this thing's ironic are the places where I've risked my life the most. You know, the first time wow. I went wing walking out on, so I, we go out on a 1943 Boeing Stearman. It's an old plane. It's got, it's not even a metal plane. It's that old. It's got fabric written around it. And we go and walk out on the wings of the plane, do loops and barrel rolls and flips and stuff. And we got back down on the ground and my classmates were like, how was it? And I yelled out, I've never felt more alive. Mm, but it's yeah. the same thing in my faith. It's the, the times when I felt closest to Jesus and most connected to his mission, the Great Commission, is when I took huge risks. When he put a prompting on my heart, and I was like, oh, that's uncomfortable. I don't want to do that. And I leaned into right. it anyway. Right. And I've gotten to baptize people and I've gotten to disciple people and I've got to walk on journeys with people 
who have made these massive surrenders for Jesus. And what I've found is that those moments feel just like the moments after I've been upside down in an airplane or a glider or whatever. Mm. And so for me, it's not mutually exclusive between my faith and physical adventure. It's all adventure. It's just it's more spiritual here some days and it's more physical here some days, but they're both wrapped up in each other. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That's awesome stuff. You know, you're, you're like totally, um, (laughs) you're like one of our people. We, um, I don't know if you're familiar, we have a whole, uh, rev wild program and, uh, you know, that's, it's kind of the stuff you're talking about. It's getting a group and going out in the wilderness and connecting with God, you know, and, and learning how to lead others into that experience. And, um, rim to him is another one where it's, uh, go down into the grand canyon rim to rim and you know we rim to him right um it's the same kind of thing it's a wilderness uh hiking kind of experience and uh, lots of god encounters in that so you should come join us (laughs) there we go well so i'm a big subscriber to the concept of spiritual pathways so depending on which resource you read there's seven or nine different ways that we relate to god almost like love languages for oh wow you know dating couples and I take the test every few years because the numbers change a little bit. But my primary my primary pathway is nature. Mm. So there are people in my church who don't feel closest to God outside. But I would say at least half the time when I'm praying, I'm outside. And I, yeah. go, I go hiking several days a week. I, I have to do a lot of physical preparation for some of these adventures to be. Oh, yeah, I bet. I bet. Mountain climb or whatever. And I'll have my headphones in, listen to worship music. I'm crying, trying to pray. I got my arms out, listening to scripture or Christian audiobooks or whatever. And, and so I feel closest to God in that for other people, my wife, not so much, right. Her Mm. primary pathway is activism. So she'll do courageous things that I would never do go sit with the homeless or with prostitutes in Managua, Nicaragua, or move towards dysfunction in a relationship that just as a dude, I'm just like, Oh man, that scares me to death. But she Mm. wouldn't go out on the wings Mm. of an airplane with me, you know? Right. (laughs) So, and my brother, so my brother and I have bungee jumped together, but he's like, ah, I'm, I'm good. That's, that's my last one. But that dude will eat stuff that I would never even try. Right. So we all have different lanes of courage. And then within each of those lanes, we have different um, spectrums of how much mm. we do. Mm-hmm. And I know people who are more spiritually courageous than I'll ever be. And, you know, they wouldn't race a car at 180 miles an hour like I would, but they would, they would go places and say things and move into relational moments that would just scare the heck out of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, ah, you got me thinking, I'm, <laughs> process, I'm processing internally, but it's, um, you know, there, there's a lot of motivational stuff floating around around, floating around out there about, you know, get out of your comfort zone and, you know, that kind of thing. And the, you know, the best things are on the other side of your comfort zone, all true, but I think even that is kind of pacified. And, and when we, Think about the gospel and how much just risk and, you know, kind of that, that adrenaline thing, you know, whether it's um, building relationship with people or, you know, straight out, just reaching out to someone and sharing God's love with them, sharing Jesus with them. You know, I'm thinking through the gospels and, you know, Jesus on his mission and doing the things he did and confronting the things he confronted and then 
gathering others around him and saying, okay, you know that stuff I've been doing, I'm going to send you out to do the same thing. <laughs> you know, like cast out demons, raise the dead, no big deal. You know, I'm doing what now? You know, I mean, that sounds kind of uh, risky and adventuresome. But it's contagious. It, it becomes like in, in the same, in the gospels and then in obviously in the book of Acts, as it is mm-hmm. in adventure sports, there becomes this peer pressure and when you see other people making a big surrender in their faith, you go, oh, man, mm. I, I want to be like that. That's, right. that's somebody I want to be, you know. And and then I've been at that for somebody else, intentionally or not. Sometimes people are like, oh, man, I, you just need to know. Like, I was scared to do this until I saw you mm. and your wife do it or whatever. Yeah. What I pray over people is not that it wouldn't be scary and not that it wouldn't be hard. I, I ask Jesus that they would be rewarded the same way I am rewarded, like when I do a bungee jump or whatever, mm-hmm. is that you have all this euphoria and body chemicals running through. And so yeah. when I have found in my personal faith is that the reward to those scary surrenders and obedience moments um, leads to that same type of euphoria. You feel connected to something bigger than yourself. You feel God so mm. close because if, if they obey and then feel that, just like my adrenaline rushes become habit forming, those moments of surrender and obedience become habit forming because they know that there's reward coming. And then you're uh, more likely the next time you get an assignment from the Holy Spirit to go, well, it was scary, but last time it sure paid off. So I'm going to go. And right. they don't always pay off, right? Some of my adventures don't sure. pay off. Yeah. And some yeah. of my spiritual assignments don't pay off as well that I can see. Maybe I'll see it in heaven. But yeah, I, I hope that it draws us together, but it also pushes us out at the same time. Yeah. We're talking about um, kind of leaning back to the adventure side of things. Um, you know, s- some of our listeners, particularly some of our Rev Wild crew, maybe like, you know, um, but even the non-adventurous types, you know, well, I don't have the money to climb mountains and jump off airplanes and go to Antarctica and roll up in the snow and, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, what would you suggest for uh, for the low budget and how, you know, how can we cultivate adventure, I guess, you know, and, and kind of our normal everyday Christian life kind of thing. Yes. I mean, obviously going to some of those far flung places, I had to cash in a lot of American express points for my business to go. That's how I afford to go. <laughs> Not everybody has those points. Sitting there, right. You know? But a lot of the adventures I go on are free. Right. And especially the spiritual ones. And, and I didn't write the book to try to get people Christians or not to go out on the wings of an airplane or jump off mountains. Like mm-hmm. I did. What I was hoping was that they would see these whispers from the Holy spirit or hear them or feel them or however you wanted to describe it and, and lean into those because we all now maybe 1% at most of your audience is going to go wing walking with me someday. Right. Like right. Less than that. Yeah. Yeah. But a hundred percent of your audience, you and me included have something of a whisper of the Holy spirit and assignment in the back of our heads mm-hmm. that we're afraid to do it. Maybe it's an apology to go back to someone in college that, you know, you were very unkind to and uh-huh. apologize, or maybe yeah. it's to confess a sin to somebody or go across the street. Your neighbor has a different politician sign in their yard and make them cookies and say, Hey, we love you. And mm. or, you know, we hope you have a good November, right? Those are small, <laughs> you know, those yeah. are small things. But it, Jesus said, this was our sermon at our church that yesterday was we will be known for our love. Mm. And when you love, it's an adventure. Yesterday, my wife, got a phone call or a text during church. She picked it up after the service and looked down and it was some woman that a single mom that she had met several months ago, didn't go to our church, not like a good friend or anything. And she said, Hey, I'm a single mom. I've got to go to the emergency room. Can you come watch my kids for the afternoon? 
And my wife scrapped her whole plans and went and ministered to those kids and their mom, right? We're going to be interrupted like that all the time. And we don't get the big fun stuff unless we do those everyday assignments. Mm. My buddy Johnny was teaching me how to whitewater kayak. I was very nervous. I still am nervous whitewater kayaking. And he would would ask me because I'm self-employed. He would just all the time. He's like, hey, I got a day off. You want to go? And I had work to do. I was like, no, Johnny, I can't go today. And over time, it became more no Johnny than yes, Johnny, until there was a point Mm. they were all, I'm sorry, Johnny. Well, eventually, Johnny stopped asking, not because we aren't still buds, not because he hated me or anything. He just, why waste the time to get a no? And I'm not going to put Jesus into that small of a human thing, but why would he give us another assignment if we're not done the last one he gave us, or if we haven't uh, welcomed the last invitation that he gave us? Yeah. what I would challenge everybody is maybe it's sitting with the uncool kids at, at dinner or whatever, taking, taking a difficult personality in your church out for ice cream. It, it could be any of those things. Um, and the point is not the adventure. The point is the obedience mm. um, because the reward, the, the, the point for all the stuff that I do in the sky isn't to be scared. The, the point is what I feel after I'm scared. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I would love for your listeners to embrace and go, yeah, Jesus is going to reward this. Someday you might, they might be on the same street as heaven as you because <laughs> you were kind enough to take them out to lunch, you know, and right. or whatever the inconvenient thing is, you know, most of the right. things that Jesus did in people's lives, uh, they were inconveniencing him or interrupting one of his speeches yeah. or his yeah. walks or whatever. So it's, what I'm hoping people do is to lean into those distractions, to lean into those assignments. Yeah. I, I made a note here about um, you, you called it scary surrender. Mm-hmm. that kind of rolling with the interruption kind of thing. Ah, that's so good. Bungee jumping in New Zealand, you write about. Mm-hmm. Um, and said that experience felt you or left you feeling connected with eternity and worshipful and, you know, really connected uh, with God and with, um, with his spirit in that sense. Can you talk about that experience and how does that kind of expand out into all the stuff we're talking about? Well, I would say most of my adventures, that is an overarching principle is that I feel, you know, Jesus let me be born at a time when there's vendors to do these things. I could be clipped into a harness, right? Mm -hmm. Let me be born when there's Google to find it, Instagram to be inspired by it. Um, Where I was really moved by Bungie was not so much the presence of Jesus, although I I felt that at other adrenaline rushes was that if you cut a bungee cord, a commercial bungee cord, what you'll find is it's not one big cord. Like we think it's like the ones we strap down our bikes on a truck or something. Right. It's actually like 200 strands all woven together so Mm. that if three or five or 10 of them fray on the bounce, um, you're still fully the, the friction of those against each other. Even if they're frayed at any point is strong enough to hold way more than your weight. And so what, what I came home with was this idea that I'm not strong enough to rebound from the hard things in my life, the big falls, the big drops, the heavy things in my life. But if I'm rubbing up against the lies of other believers that Jesus has intentionally woven into my life, mm-hmm. you know, spread around me, and you, you have to do life with them, right? You have to know each other's weaknesses. You have to know each other's yeah. joys. You have to know each other's proclivities. When you open yourself up and are vulnerable to that and weave yourself into those lives, all of you, even when life frays and it's fallen apart and it just, it feels scary, the strength of you all to get no one of you, no 10 of you, no 20 of you could hold mm. that weight, but all of you together, you can. So it was a picture to me of the body of Christ. How 
we're supposed to be wrapped around each other and, and be there for each other in the hardest moments. Yeah. And I came, I came home from that. And one of my several years after that, I started a spiritual adventure community and it started because I was going through a hard season. And my, one of my best friends was having one of the hardest summers of his life. And we just wrapped our arms physically. We were praying for each other, spent mm -hmm. the summer doing that. And then other guys were like, Hey, can we get on that? And last Wednesday night, there was 20 some guys around picnic tables here at our local pavilion because mm. we're doing that for each other. Right. We're rubbing our lives against each other. And so I'm looking, when I go on any of these adventures, I'm going, Jesus, where can I find you? There's a difference between going hiking and going looking for Jesus while I hike. Oh, oh, say that again. That's good. <laughs> yeah. There's a difference between going hiking and saying, Jesus, I'm going to go look for you while I hike. Or for me, you know, to, I'm going to look for you when I go jump out of an airplane, or I'm going to look mm -hmm. for your presence when I'm uh, ice climbing or whatever, what can I learn about you today? Yeah. And when we do that, especially when we do that in community, you know, when we, we say, okay, all right, guys, this is this week, we're going to dare each other to be this, whatever character trait for our wives. Mm. Let's do it. We'll meet next Wednesday and see how you did. When you do that, when you do that in community and it strengthens everybody and the yeah. rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's really good. You mentioned your family. Um, mm -hmm. So you're married and you have a daughter, is that right? Yeah, she's at college. We just took her back a week ago. Oh, man. Yeah, that's how old my kids are, too. That's, uh, <sighs> that's all this gray hair we got going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like um, it. I, I People think I'm smarter now that I have gray hair, so I'll take it. That's right. Wisdom. Wisdom. That's right. Um, do you do... Um, well, uh, two things I'm, uh, I'm wanting to ask, kind of two-part. Um, you talk about in the book, fatherhood being one of your greatest adventures. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I'm also curious, do you do adventures with the family? And, and what does that look like? You know, do you, you drag your your family all over the world bungee jumping or, you know, what do, what do you do together like that? Yeah, so fatherhood definitely is the greatest adventure of my life. I used to, people used to tell me, oh, I can never jump out of an airplane. I was like, yeah, but you have three kids, five and under. And to me, that's a way bigger uh, yeah. adventure for me. Um, yeah, I was a reluctant dad. I, I wasn't trying to be a dad. Uh, I had medically taken that off the table. We weren't trying to foster or adopt. And then I was on a helicopter expedition up in British Columbia. We were stand-up paddleboarding in the mountains. And my wife got notified of a domestic violence situation. When she showed up, she called the police. The police showed up and they're like, well, hey, she called you. So we're going to send her home with you. So I come back from Canada and there was a household of three now. So I had a teenage wow. daughter right off the bat. And that was three, three years ago, last two months ago. So, yeah, wow. it has been an adventure to learn how to be a dad, like go like we were. There was no prep. There was no reading a yeah. book about it. Like I just come home. I was like oh, hey, now you're a father figure, you know, and then yeah. over time embracing that. So that, that has for sure been an adventure. As far as what adventure looks like with them, it's different. So um, because our daughter came into our life when I'm already doing all this stuff, um, that's just a known variable. I didn't change that about me. I just mm -hmm. said, hey, D, I love you. And um, this is just part of who I am. So for her, she's nowhere near that kind of adventure. So what we do is we say, D, what would be something that would push your um, comfort zone just a little bit mm. that you would really enjoy. So going, jumping out of an airplane would be way too big, right? but getting on an air, she'd never been on an airplane. So like, all right, well, we'll go, we'll give you the window seat and you get to go for your first flight. And there's several things nice. she and I have done to build up to, you know, different things. 
as far as with my wife, she does some of them with me. Um, she does one, one of the sports I like is called canyoning. It's where you repel waterfalls. And there's Ooh. a couple things she said she would do if the trips, you know, were, were just right. She's more of a beach person as mm. is my daughter and I'm not. So what we do is we just schedule, <laughs> we have a couple trips a year where my wife and I find enough common interests where we can do it together. And then the rest of the year, we just give each other permission to do it with our people. So I do a lot of trips with guys mm. in my church. She does a That's lot good. of ministry. That's good. And then we, we call out on each other where we see each other as brave. So my daughter is African-American and mm-hmm. some of the things that she has faced, I live about a half hour from where the South surrendered, or at least they said they surrendered 150 years ago. Mm. And there's racism is huge here. I mean, people don't even hide it. Um, wow. People have told my daughter to her face, hey, can I have a white employee wait on me? I don't I want to be served by a black person. Mm. And so she's courageous in how she responds to that, because I would have jumped across the counter and, you know, <laughs> grabbed some lapels and me, let's go outside type of thing, you know, the, <laughs> right, the least right. Jesus part of me. And her yeah. response showed me Jesus, right? So she's courageous in how she handles stuff like that. She's courageous in building a new life with a new family and whatever else. My wife is relationally c- courageous in ways that I struggle to be. And she's like, I don't understand how you can't do this. I was like, well, I don't understand how you can't go out on the wings of an airplane. <laughs> so we've just learned to appreciate each other as being courageous in different ways. Yeah, that's awesome. And I really identify with a lot of that. I have four kids, but two are adopted. And right out of the foster care system, mm. uh, when my son was six and my daughter was eight, and they are nineteen and seventeen now. So, oh, wow. yeah, it's um, been quite the the journey. And living in North Carolina, and my two adopted kids are African American as well. And so mm. I, I. I can identify with a lot of what you're saying. There's been some very interesting moments over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's it's part of the adventure. It and, is. And I would not, it's interesting. So I go, I see a counselor on a regular basis, check in on life and, you know, run things through her. And she says, she said this to me a few months ago. She said, Ryan, you know that almost all the breakthroughs that we've had in my office have come through the filter of you being a dad. So the thing that you didn't want and you, Jesus knew better and mm. gave you fatherhood because he wanted to give you the gift of healing. Because mm. look at all these places that have healed in you and have changed your worldview and your perspective of mm-hmm. politics and all this kind of stuff. It's through the filter of you being a dad. Mm. And so what, what I take away from that is, is God knows the adventure that's best for us. And he can outdream us. You know, I had such a small dream of wow. going to all seven continents. And he's like, how about, yeah, that's fine. You know, you'll find me there. How about I give you a kid? <laughs> wow. Right. And so I think if we can embrace the idea that Jesus outdreams us, it, it will make us less afraid of making mistakes. Hmm. Uh, one of my favorites, so it's a combination of two verses, but one of my favorite combination of two verses is um, Proverbs 25, two says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter but it's the honor of kings to uncover it. And in the New Testament, Jesus says, those who seek me will find me. So it's almost like there's this scavenger hunt and God's Mm. like, hey, I'm hiding a whole bunch of stuff from me, not because I'm evil, but because we're having fun. This is is a scavenger hunt. Nice. But if you seek for me and you seek for my heart and you want to learn about my character, I'll reveal it and I'll, I'll be stoked. And you will feel some sort of pleasure in finding that out about me. Right. That's what the Proverbs verse is saying. Mm. So when we uncover things about God, you're like, oh, my goodness, I couldn't believe this about you. I wasn't ready for that 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But God said, oh, you're ready for it in 2019. Right. So 
or 2021 or now, like there's going to be stuff in the next several months. I'll probably learn that I wasn't ready to learn two, right. three, five years ago. Whew. That's because God parents fathers us well. Right. <laughs> uh, wow. I feel like well, I just so like for learn. my daughter, like I want, I get excited when she's excited about something. Yes. Right? So this might be a little weird, but my daughter re- really likes to show um, Bob's Burgers. I never watched it in my life. I'm not a TV watcher in general. I'm outside doing stuff. Right, right. But I I would sit and watch it with her and we'd laugh together. And it became this thing where I was like, oh, I know something. I'd love watching you laugh to the point where her right. Christmas gift a couple of Christmases ago, I got us drawn into a scene from Bob's Bur- Burgers. And it's our family portrait in our living room. Like That's fantastic. And it's, I think it's the same way with Jesus. Jesus goes, hey, you know what? You don't have to apologize for wanting to jump out of airplanes and off of buildings and stuff. I wired you that way from the factory. I just love watching you have a good time. Now, that doesn't mean I go out and drink myself oblivion, sleep with a whole bunch of people, whatever, because he knows right. that those, those aren't in the long run going to be a good time for, for me and healthy right. or whatever. But the ones that are healthy and that I can find him in, um, go in the mountains, he's like, yeah, I made these mountains for you. Come and explore. See what you see of me. Why wouldn't I'm learning as a father that I want my kids to enjoy the or my daughter to enjoy what I've made possible for her. Mm-hmm. And Jesus has made so much possible for us. And he just yeah. wants us to go explore. He doesn't want us sitting home, scrolling on our phones, checking out other people's lives. He doesn't want us to be a spectator. He wants us to be a participant. Yes. And so he's like, come find my go around the world, go around your city, go around your state, whatever it is, go around your circle of friends and look for me everywhere you go and you'll find me. Mm. Wow, that sounds like ancient wisdom right there. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like it's written down somewhere. <laughs> right, right. That's uh, mm. well. Uh, we're uh, as we start to wind down our time. I'm I'm curious, and you you mentioned this, touched on it just briefly um, a few minutes ago. You are really active. You are doing all the the adventurous stuff we're talking about. This is a, a fitness and wellness ministry, you know, Revelation Wellness. And, you know, we bring people through various instructor trainings to lead others in becoming more fit and healthy and whole and all those things. But I'm curious, what it what does your workout regimen look like? How do you train <laughs> for the kind of stuff that you do? So, so I use my trips as the end game of whatever my exercise routine is so it changes according to what activity i'm going to do so like if i'm mm. preparing for a winter of ice climbing i'm going to be doing a bunch of stuff that builds up my calves and i'm going to do a lot of rock, indoor rock climbing to prepare my grip and my yeah. endurance of hanging out right so from like i don't know september october till probably march you're going to find me up several nights a week probably two or three nights a week down at the rock climbing gym uh, when I'm training for a backpacking trip, I live about eight minutes from a trail system that has 51 miles of mountain trails. Mm. And so I'll get a sand vest and I, and I, I'll hike up and down. I've got, I use all the different health apps, you know, to track elevation change. Cause I'm trying, I'm right. trying to build up that stamina for that. Um, when, when it's in the water, like right now I'm doing, I'm practicing, um, treading water. It sounds really weird, but I'll just jump in the deep end of the pool and put a clock on and see how long I can tread water. Um, and then depending on what it is. So right now I'm doing stuff with my motorcycle. We're doing some off-road stuff, which requires a lot of upper body strength. So I'm in the weight room, um, lifting two, three days a week, heavy, I go heavy or high reps to, you know, I alternate. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it, it changes. There's been times in my life where it was running. It, 
it seems kind of weird that the people down at my YMCA just must wonder what's going on in my life because the workout will change according to what's coming up, you know, right. right. Uh, going to Antarctica, we were snowshoeing. So that was, that wasn't a lot of elevation change. It was just a lot of um, straight line, right? So it's just endurance. So how you train depends on what it is. What's funny is sometimes I've trained totally wrong because I didn't know I was training for something to do it for the first time. And I just made assumptions on what I would need. Oh, wow. But um, I found swimming laps is pretty good overall for endurance. I can mm-hmm. I can do a lot of different things from paragliding and hang gliding. And uh, one of the sports I like is called Via Ferrata, which is where you climb mountains on ladder systems. And so it's really hard to train on ladders for 1,800 feet up. But if you can <laughs> train that motion of your shoulders coming over and your hands ah, coming over. Yeah. So what you do is you watch, I watch some videos on Instagram or on YouTube of the, of the people participating in the sport. And I try to figure out what parts of the body do I need to work on to build that wow. kind of strength. And is it high rep or is it short intensity, heavy weight? Yeah. And so, yeah, it changed. <laughs> I'd love to give you my system, but the system changes all the time. Yeah. Well, that makes total sense. And I think it's brilliant. It's kind of like, um, being on the football team and watching films, you know, <laughs> to prepare for, you know, how do we need to prepare for the next game here? You know, you're watching what, how's he using his shoulder? You know, what, what do I need to train? That's, and that's, I'm not a good athlete. I didn't play sports growing up. I was homeschooled as a kid and my, my parents were ministers. And so the games that were on Sundays, I couldn't play. Mm. So I, I'm having to re-engineer this as I learned how to play basketball at 31 years old. <laughs> so or 30 wow. years old. Yeah. And so like, it's just, it's interesting that I didn't know this stuff. I, I don't have the coordination of a lot of my friends. Um, but sometimes I explained this to a friend yesterday, sometimes being inefficient at it actually makes it a better workout, <laughs> mm. <laughs> right? Because you're not, you're having to use more muscle to compensate for your <laughs> lack of, of correct motion and mechanics. So, yeah. So I get sometimes maybe a little bit better workout than I should be because I'm not doing it well. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, that's, Wow. Yeah, me and it helps you get through the parts. So here's the other part. If you just say, Hey, I'm just going to go running. I'm going to try to do, and I love setting goals. You know, I'm going to run 30 miles this month or 50 miles, whatever. Mm-hmm. I live in a mm-hmm. section. They do a lot of ultra marathons here in the mountains where I live. And I have friends that run a hundred miles at a time or 50 miles at a time in the mountains. But for me, I have to have a goal when I'm training. So I go, okay, this is hard right now, but if I press through this, this vacation is going to look more epic on Instagram and I'm going to be able to finish and whatever else I have to have. I just don't go, Oh, you know what? I should start running because I'll, I'll lose the motivation. So what keeps me motivated is I want to keep up and I usually invite someone younger than me on these trips. (laughs) So that keeps a little bit of the incentive to go. I'm (laughs) I'm doing a trip this weekend out to Utah. We're going up in the mountains and I invited a guy who's nine years younger than me. Mm -hmm. So by inviting people who are younger than you, it make it forces you to push yourself so that you'll be able to right. keep up with them on your trip. Yep. Got to step it up. That's right. <laughs> and I've also had my butt kicked by a 70 year old man. Uh, I did a hiking <laughs> trip, uh, right, right. Like a month before COVID happened, we did one of the most treacherous trails in America. And I was the youngest person there by 15 years. And we had three people in their seventies and they were kicking me. Like I was like, what do you guys do to train? <laughs> Cause I trained all winter for this, but yeah, so I don't think it's necessarily uh, set on age, but I, I do like to adventure with people of different ages and different fitness levels on purpose. Yeah. That's awesome. Constant inspiration. Yeah. All right. Well, we're almost done. I'm going to ask you a couple rapid fire questions uh, just for right. fun and then we'll do it. Uh, coffee, tea, or kombucha. Oh man. 
I don't drink any of those three on a regular basis. I'm a hot cocoa guy. Nice. All right. That's legit. That, that fits with the outdoors sitting around the campfire. Yeah. Thing too. So yeah, that, the, I, guess, I like I think it cold. That, I think that totally works. And uh, final fun question. Do you have a preferred, um, I can think of as athleisure, but like outdoorsy um, clothing brand. Oh, you know, what yeah, do, what sure. do you wear for hiking and stuff? I wear Prana everything. Uh, their, their pants are fantastic for rock climbing and for hiking. Uh, they're uh, splash resistant and four-way stretch and they've got vents so that you don't get hot in the places you often get hot while you're hiking. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, that, and, and then when I'm outdoors in the cold of uh, the Duluth trading company, fire hose stretch pants, you can do a lot riding uh, snowmobiles or a lot of stuff I do outside in the mountains in the wintertime. So between those, I, I, oh man, I live in those things. And then, and then if wow. it's water, uh, free fly apparel, they make a lot of bamboo stuff. I love their, wow. yeah, they're set for, they were designed for like fly fishermen for hmm. to, keep, to keep you covered from the sun. They got a lot of thin hoodies and stuff, but their bamboo shorts, I'm, I'm wearing them right now. I live in these things four months a year. That's fantastic. Well, Rev Wild people take, take notes there. <laughs> That's some good tips for you. Well, Ryan, man, what a great conversation. So good to meet you and uh, chat with you. And you, you gave me some things to think about. Good. And Good. So That's what I'm trying to do. It. Yeah, right on. Well, there you go. Scared, yeah, scared to, life. to life. Ryan George. And you can find me online. Uh, I don't make a dime off that book. All the sale proceeds go to help a charity that I believe in. Um, nice. But you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ryplane. That's at R-Y-P-L-A-N-E. And there's links to the audiobooks, the print books, my blogs. I, I post all about all these trips uh, right after awesome. they happen. Yeah. yeah, and I know we're going to post some stuff down in the show notes of this Sweet. episode, too. So, Sweet. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Ryan. God bless you, and uh, keep adventuring. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, bye-bye. Before you go, let us know what you thought about this episode. We'd love to hear what kind of adventure God is leading you on next. So swipe up on the show notes to get the link and leave us an audio message. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you felt the nudge towards more adventure with God, then be sure to download a packet for Rim to Him or Rev Wild Adventure today. Swipe up on the show notes and get the link so that you can get registered to go on one of these outdoor adventures with us. And would you do us a favor, share this episode, or leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. When you share the good word about the Revelation Wellness Podcast, it helps us spread the good news with others to the ends of the earth. And as always, thank you for being here. We'll be back Monday with a brand new Revving the Word episode. We'll see you then. Peace.